evening. It's another wonderful Friday on Speaking for Him. I'm Dan Van Zalen, and here's your host, Andrew Gomez. Thank you, Dan. It's good to be with everybody on this beautiful Friday. I wanted to uh, let you know right off the top, I'm extremely excited about this show. Um, this show actually resulted from my surfing Facebook and seeing a viral Facebook post. I don't even remember what website shared it, um, but I clicked on the post itself and found that the mother in question was a strong believer, and so I wanted to interview her, and I contacted her via Facebook, and she agreed to be interviewed. To set this up a little bit, um, she went to Chick-fil-A with her profoundly disabled son, Malachi, and some kids were pointing at him and and asking the mom questions, and instead of just yanking them away from the situation, the mom actually brought the kids over and the kids talked to Levi or Malachi, and a friendship was formed. So I was just really excited to hear about that, and we'll get into that interview in just a minute. But first, Dan has our quote of the day. This is a debate about our understanding of human dignity, what it means to be a member of the human family, even though tiny, powerless, and unwanted. Henry Hyde. All right, and so that I think that is a good setup for today's interview because it doesn't matter what somebody's ability is to communicate or or what their ability is to quote unquote add value to society by the world's measure. Um, every life is precious. God brings every life into the world for a purpose, even if it's just te- to teach us to serve and to teach us to be better people that way. So without further ado, I'd like to share with you this interview with Leah Carroll, and I'll be back at the end with some final thoughts. Hello, this is Andrew Gomison here on the Speaking for Him podcast, and I have the privilege of um, uh, inviting Leah Carroll onto the show today. Now, the reason that I'm interviewing Leah is because I actually saw a post of hers from Facebook that went viral about an incident that took place at Chick-fil-A where some kids were asking another mother questions about her children, and rather than just let her kids stare and try to pull them away, she actually brought them over and engaged um, uh, Leah's child, and a friendship was formed. And I resonated with this story because as a uh, disabled man myself with cerebral palsy, I grew up with a lot of staring and um, a lot of questions, and I'd much rather have the questions than the staring. And then, as I investigated Leah a little bit more, I found out that she shares uh, the strong Christian faith that we embrace so much here on the Speaking for Him podcast. So I thought, what better way to encourage the listeners out there than to have her on to discuss some of these issues so, first of all, Leah, welcome to the show, and can you just give us a little bit of an introduction, maybe to that story, and then from there, segue into talking a little bit about your family. Absolutely, yes. So, I have a son named Malachi. Malachi's six years old, and he was born 24 weeks, and he was extremely premature, one pound, 12 ounces, and he was born without a heartbeat. So, at first, they did CPR on him for 15 minutes. And his brain lost a lot of oxygen during that time. 
So he hemorrhaged on both sides of his brain, and the doctors told us that his prognosis did not look good. Um, they gave us the option to end his life, and we we are strong believers, and we felt like that decision wasn't in our hands. It was in God's. And so we asked them to save him. Whatever means possible, we'd like him to live as long as God allows him to. So Malachi has a lot of challenges in life. He's a very cognitively intelligent kid, but he's just trapped in a body that doesn't function the way that it, that it should. So on that day, we'd been at doctor's appointments all morning long, and Malachi was just in a mood. He didn't want to be in the car anymore. He didn't want to be on the road anymore. And so I felt like it was a, a good opportunity for us over and go get some chicken at Chick-fil-A and get out of the car and uh, and just just relax a little bit. So we pulled into that Chick-fil-A and we'd actually never been there before and we walked in and of course the heads turned as they always do and, uh, and people usually will glance and then go back to what they're doing but every now and then you get some lingering look and that's what was happening with these boys and uh, I didn't mind. It happens everywhere we go. There's there's different age groups, and they respond differently to Malachi. Um, the younger kids are curiosity. The older kids are fear. And it just kind of depends on what age group you're dealing with. And these boys were young. And so they were asking questions, and their, their poor mother couldn't get them to stop um, after repeated tries. And so she finally just brought them over. And uh, it really made an impact on me because not a lot of parents do that. So it was a, a special moment for us. But Malachi was very excited. Again, he's very cognitive, and, and he knew that those boys were coming over. And the other thing that really impacted me that day is that the boys talked to Malachi. They didn't talk to me about Malachi. They spoke directly to him. And that's not very common either. Most of the time, people try to communicate about Malachi through me. So to see them directly contact him was a, was a really big deal in my book. That is awesome, and like I said, I resonate with a lot of this. I was born at 29 weeks, um, and so um, my, I gave my parents the scare of a lifetime. I'm the oldest of 12 children, so I was their first child. They were 21 and 19 at the time, and so it was quite an introduction into the world of parenthood. Uh, they were on their last vacation before becoming parents, and I guess I wanted to join the party, and so I showed up three months early, and uh, like Malachi, I lost oxygen when I was born, um, because respirators back then were only adult, and they blew holes in my lungs, causing the brain damage that put me in this wheelchair, but, but by God's grace, I've been able to graduate from college, and I now hold a bachelor's degree in communications, and work at a Christian school, so oh, wow. it's it's been a it's been a real blessing that God has allowed me to accomplish as much as He has, and it has a lot to do with my parents who never let me use my disability as an excuse. And I hope that Levi or Malachi has um, has a similar experience as he's able to learn more and more stuff and show that there's more in that body than people realize. Um, Absolutely. Because even as great of a communicator as I am, I've had so many times where I felt like people have shied away because they didn't want to ask questions. And uh, I'd, I would much rather people ask questions than not. So that's just my perspective. So you have Malachi, and he had his 
share of challenges, but then God sent you another special little boy with, with more challenges. Can you talk about your, your, your little yeah. boy? So actually, the day at Chick-fil-A, I was uh, very early on in my pregnancy with our second son, and his name is Levi. We were followed by high-risk doctors. We were afraid what happened with Malachi might happen again. Um, so they followed me very, very closely. We were at the doctor for three days out of the week, uh, all throughout the pregnancy, and did a lot of uh, precautionary measures. And so that day I was actually pregnant and craving some chicken, which led to that, that God-orchestrated moment. But um, Levi came out at birth. He was 34 weeks, so slightly premature, and he was squeaking. And now we've been followed so closely, we assumed that everything was as the doctors had said. It was going normally. He would be okay. He'd be a little small and a little early, but he would be healthy. And so when he came out with an airway issue... We all were caught off guard. So we took him to the NICU in Chattanooga, and the doctors found out there that his vocal cords were paralyzed. It's a very rare condition that both vocal cords are paralyzed at birth. And, of course, uh, in, in God's way, he gave us the, the second challenge, I think, to strengthen our faith. And so Levi was diagnosed with bilateral vocal cord paralysis, and they said the only treatment was a, a trach and a G-tube because it's not safe to swallow when your vocal cords are paralyzed. And so we decided to fly him to Cincinnati and to explore some experimental procedures, and he's actually the second child to have this procedure done. But they took a piece of his rib, and they put it in the back of his vocal cords to prop them open so that he could breathe without a mechanical device. So right now, that seems to be working for him. But um, he definitely, you know, has his set of challenges. And unfortunately, while he was in the NICU with his airway issues early on, there was a moment where he was not given enough oxygen support, and he had uh, several spots of his brain die off as well. So he's also diagnosed with hypoxic ischemic encephalopathy like his big brother, but his is a much milder case. So for, for Levi, we're expecting some cerebral palsy in his life as well but it would be more motor impairment and not necessarily cognitive. Wow, that, that's a lot to go through. So, 20 months old. So take me back to um, Malachi a little bit. W when did you first find out that there were problems with the pregnancy? Um, actually, the pregnancy, my, my OB had said it was the healthiest pregnancy he'd ever seen. And so everything was great. Um, I had a placental abruption, so I started feeling sick, and we went to the ER, and they couldn't figure out what was going on, and the more they investigated, um, they came in, and the doctor came over to my hand and held my hand, and he said, I need to get you to a higher level NICU because you need to have this baby tonight, and obviously that shook us up because, you know, 24 weeks pregnant, that's barely halfway, and uh, we asked him what the... The chances were that he would survive, and he said there was a 50% chance he would survive the delivery. And so uh, we we raced down to Chattanooga with him as well and delivered him within 20 minutes. His heart stopped at the hospital, so we went to an emergency C-section. So really, we, we went into that day not knowing that he was going to be born that night. We had no indications of any issues at all until hours before he was born in 24 weeks. What what was your initial reaction to all this? Were you um, were you questioning God right away, or were you pretty peaceful under the circumstances? 
I mean, I know you had to be anxious, but tell me a little bit about what yeah. you're feeling. Well, you know, when his heart stops, um, he gets stopped in the exam room. We weren't in the operating room. And the doctor said, go, go, go. And I remember watching the ceiling tiles whiz by my head. And I remember feeling just that intense need to pray. And I, I, my husband was still in that exam room. He didn't, they didn't allow him to join us. And he fell to his knees and was praying. And I felt like I needed to pray. And the only words that came to mind were the words from Job. And he said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And so as we went to the operating room, to get Malachi out, uh, just over and over again, that's what I repeated, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord, because I wanted God to know that, that obviously our, our desire is that he be born healthy and that he be born whole, but if that didn't align with God's will for our lives, then, then we were okay with that. And so um, that's kind of the motto that we have to live by. We have a saying, I'm actually with a shirt right now, and it's just leave, I just had surgery this morning. And we're driving back from Cincinnati, and my surgery shirt for the day is, and if not, he is still good. Um, and we talk a lot about how we're an if-not family. If something can go wrong, it typically does. And it's, it's been really impactful for our faith to always say that even in those dark times, he is still good. That is so good. So that now bring me to Levi, when, when you realize these complications were coming on to Levi, were you like, oh no, here we go again, or how, what was that like? Oh, absolutely. We felt like we were under attack uh, by the devil. We felt very strongly that he was after our family, in addition to having a severe special needs son. We now had new complications that took us just to another state. We lived at the Ronald McDonald house for five months. Um, in addition to all that, I developed blood clots and had to go through treatment for that. Um, we have just one thing after another. And so I, I had to live up in Cincinnati with my husband traveling back and forth from Tennessee each weekend and, uh, and taking care of Malachi and my other son. And we just felt under attack. It was, it was really genuinely the darkest time in my life. I can't even compare it to Malachi's big day. He was in the hospital for four months at birth. Levi was in the hospital for five months at birth. But... The, the two situations, you can't compare them. It was a, it was a horrible, horrible time. Um, it's very challenging for my faith. But, it, again, we, we've learned to not question God. We've realized that he's always up to something, and we just have to trust that, that he sees the tapestry, and we just get a glimpse of the back. How long have you been married? So Jake and I have been married 11 years. Uh, we met in high school, and... We went to college together and got married right out of college. So we've been together, I guess, for almost almost 20 years. You guys have packed a lot of excitement in the last 11, though. <laughs> we have. We sure have. <laughs> so, uh, man, that that's such an encouraging story. Um, I, I really think that that is a good scripture. I saw on Facebook that you quoted Daniel, I think it's Daniel 3.10, you know, even if he doesn't deliver us from the fiery furnace, we still will not bow down. And I think of that often because I have had like three times where people have approached me, well-meaning people, and said, if you were following God faithfully, you could be healed. Or if you desired healing, you could be healed. And I've had to 
uh, graciously explain to them that I believe God can heal me, but he's choosing to use me the way I am in a way I never would be used otherwise. And he's still good even if he chooses to leave me in this wheelchair. That doesn't mean that I don't have struggles. You know, I thought, you know, I struggle every time one of my siblings gets married. I thought by now that I would be married and have, you know, a minivan full of kids, even as a disabled man. But that hasn't happened yet. So there are struggles. But I still know that, like you said, even if he doesn't heal, he's still good. So I was really encouraged by that part of your story. So can you tell me how you started blogging? Yes, so when we were in the NICU with Malachi, um, we would get daily updates. It was a pretty dicey situation early on for Malachi. Um, He had a lot of emergencies, a lot of uh, moments where we almost lost him, and we would have to give a lot of updates to family. And when you get bad news repeatedly, the last thing that you want to do is repeat it over and over and over again. So we started a caring bridge site for Malachi where every day I would just put the, the medical updates on there. And then I felt like God was leading me towards sharing a verse of the day. We would tape a verse on Malachi's little incubator each night. And I felt like God was saying, share that on the, the medical updates as well. So we started putting that at the bottom of each update. We updated every single day while he was in the NICU. And then after we got home, people said, we still want to know what's going on. So we changed the updates to once a week. And I blog every Sunday night. And um, I posted on there. We transitioned over to an actual website. And we've not made any effort. Um, but it's not for it's not for any monetary purposes. It's just simply for my mental health to be able to dump all of our updates and thoughts from one week into an entry and uh, to share it with friends and family. When the Chick-fil-A post took off on Facebook, the blog just started being visited by people from all over the world. Uh, There would be 80,000 hits in one day. And the the greatest thing about that is that God has impressed on me to do a devotional thought on every single entry and try to share whatever he lays on my heart. It's not my writing. It's God writing through me on those parts And that's, that's absolutely what it did for me because I looked at the post and, and I clicked on your Facebook page and I saw that you had a blog. And then when I saw that you quoted scripture and that you gave glory to Jesus Christ, I knew that I wanted to share your story. I've been podcasting now for almost seven years, once a week on uh, my website, Speaking for Him. And it's just been amazing how God has, has brought stories and people into my life to share their story and encourage others, but also to be encouraged myself. 
to keep on keeping on because uh, even when you're going through a struggle, there's always somebody else going through a different struggle, and that's really why we're here is to encourage one another. So, um, absolutely, you uh, went on a medical trip this week. You're on your way back. Um, mm-hmm. what, what was that for both boys or just for uh, Levi? No, this was for Levi. Levi's uh, 20 months old. I think this was procedure number 25, maybe for him. Uh, wow. So he's actually bypass Malachi. Malachi has had surgery on almost every part of his body. He's had 15 major surgeries. Oh, man. And little brother, who's, you know, relatively typical with a few um, small issues, has bypassed that uh, significantly. So that kind of has caused a part. But, yeah, so today we, we had a surgery in Cincinnati and we're making the six-hour drive back home. So you guys have made the rounds at the hospital. <laughs> We did, yes. We seem to be known by a lot of people um, in the medical community. <laughs> I, I've, so. had, I've had three surgeries, so I'm doing pretty good okay. for being 40 years old and having had th- three of them. So, yeah, that's um, impressive. But uh, I just, I see God's grace all over this story because I can look at this story and say, how in the world do you do it? But people ask me that all the time as well and the only conclusion I've ever come to is God always gives you the grace that you need for the moment that you're in he never gives you somebody else's grace and so um, that's exactly right yeah we talk a lot about that too with uh, there's a story in the Bible about the woman in the oil jar and we talk about how God didn't fill the oil jar completely he just made it so that the oil jar never ran dry it was always just enough for that day, and I think that we see that a lot in our lives with God's grace and with the energy. I know our life is pretty chaotic, but every single day we're given just enough to do what He wants us to do, and uh, so we we always make that comparison to the oil jar in the Bible. All right. So, um, wh- how are the boys doing right now? What is their prognosis? What can we specifically pray for at this point? For Levi, it's very simply that his vocal cords wake up and that his brain be made whole again. Uh, he has three significant, they're small but significant areas of brain damage. And so um, we just need to reroute the connections through those areas so that his brain made whole. But the biggest, most significant thing that would change Levi's life is his vocal cords waking up uh, because that would completely erase all of these issues that he has as far as breathing. Um, for Malachi, you know, we pray for miracles. We pray for the big stuff, that God makes him completely whole, that he's able to stand and walk. Um, scientifically, Malachi will never be able to do those things. The tips are out of place. He has uh, scoliosis. He doesn't have a lot of brain matter left, uh, but but God is God. And so our prayer for him is that, that he just performs such a miracle that it's undeniable to everyone looking in that, that God was involved. Absolutely. Um, I'm I'm still really encouraged by the stories that my parents tell of when I was born. My mom said when she heard me cry, she knew I would be okay. And my dad said he walked around the campus of the hospital that day begging God for my life. And he said he, said he knew that when God spared my life that he would 
do amazing things through me. And he has been faithful to keep that promise, even though I was a pretty stubborn guy for a while, especially in my teen years. I I didn't want to live anymore, especially after my baby brother passed away. Um, But God was faithful. And now, um, like I said, I work at a Christian school and I preach on a lot of weekends in churches. And then I also do this podcast. So God, God is a God of miracles and he does answer prayer every single time. I think a lot of times we get that wrong because we wonder, well, why hasn't God answered my prayer? But he gives us answers even if they're not the ones that we want. Yes, that's, that's completely right. Uh, uh, thank you so much for sharing your story and if you could um, tell us how to find you how to find your blog that would be awesome absolutely so Malachi's blog is www.miraclesformalachi.com and we update obviously about both boys on that every Sunday night usually pretty late at night alright well we will definitely uh, share that link when I put up my blog post for this podcast episode and uh, we'll definitely be praying for your marriage as well. I know it's got to be taxing on uh, your marriage to have these difficulties, but God is good and faithful. And my parents have, you know, raised me as a severely disabled child and then had a child die, both of which increase the probability of divorce in the world's eyes, but they've been married for 41 years. So I'm very thankful for God's faithfulness, and they now have 22 grandchildren. So our life is never dull. But I I want to thank you so much for um, taking the time to talk to me and uh, coming on the podcast, and I look forward to sharing this uh, conversation with my audience. Thank you so much. Thank you, Andrew. We appreciate it. All right, okay, so that's that's all the time I have today with Leah Carroll. I will post her blog and all the other pertinent information on the website with my blog post. Um, so make sure that you, if you are listening to this through another means, that you click over to speakingforhim.blogspot.com to find this information. Thank you very much. Have a great day. And there you have my interview with Leah Carroll on the Speaking for Him podcast. So I just wanted to give you some final thoughts. I just think it's very important to share stories like this because it shows the value of every human life. I know a few weeks ago we had the story of Rebecca Kiesling and her journey of being conceived and raped but still being a valuable member of society and letting people know that every child has value and this kind of follows along that theme um, and it's just so prevalent for today because these issues are cropping up every single day as states continue to make decisions about the important life issue and I just I, I just noticed as I was listening to that interview just the joy of the Lord that was present in uh in Leah, because I know that she is probably tired. I know that she's probably has a lot of days when she wishes things were better, but God is clearly sustaining her. And I really appreciated that about the interview. Um, so Leah, thanks again for allowing me to 
to interview you and uh, hopefully allowing me to get your story out to more people. Well, that's about all I have time for, unless my co-host Dan over there had any comments or reactions from the interview. Well, uh, hearing about kids being born even earlier than I was makes me remember once more that I was incredibly lucky. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You, you know, the one thing that I always think about when I'm having a bad day and struggling is realizing that there's always people out that are worse off than me. You know, the fact that I can communicate exactly what I want and that I can communicate these ideas on this podcast puts me way ahead of a lot of people with disabilities. Um, and because some people are intelligent but unable to communicate that. And some people who do communicate are not very intelligent. Communicate. Well, <laughs> that's another story for another time. But what I was getting to is some people that do communicate, um, via a voice box, it still creates a problem because they have to type everything yep. before it goes through the syndicated or the synthesized voice that communicates for them. So I, I'm way ahead of a lot of people, and I'm very thankful to the Lord for that. But again, just wanted to highlight the fact that God gives grace for whatever situation we're in and not the situations of others. And I think that's an important takeaway from this interview. Well, this is all I have time for today. But I hope you have a great weekend and keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at speakingforhim. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.